Hey guys, it's so good to see you. Let me welcome you again to this third service. My name is Claudia. I'm one of the pastors here at Berlin Church, and it is my privilege to introduce a new series to you today, which is called Take It to the Streets. And we are very excited about this series because this series is a reminder for all of us about what we carry and what we can bring to the places we go and to the people we meet. It shall be a reminder about the calling of God on each of his followers to go into the world and to be witnesses for Jesus. And it's also a reminder about that the Christian faith and our message was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be private. It always was meant to be public. It always was meant to be taken to the streets. And during the next couple of weeks, we, we want to explore some tools and motivations to take it to the streets. And also, we want to look at what happened when people took it to the streets in the past. And we pray that as we do that, we will be empowered and strengthened to step into our calling and together as a church, we can take it to the streets of Berlin. Because guys, it's our turn. It's our turn. That's the title of the message today. It's our turn to take it to the streets. I mean, after all guys, we have a message worth sharing. In fact, we have the best message ever. We have a message that holds the power um, or the answer to the, to the brokenness of your friend. It is the answer to the despair of your family member, to the hurt of your colleague, to the fear of your neighbor. We have a message worth sharing. And it should be shared, especially in times like this. I mean, when we look into the world right now, there is so much confusion. There is so much chaos and fear. And I'm sure all of us know people who are highly alarmed or even anxious about what the next few months will bring. Maybe you are alarmed. Maybe you are anxious yourself. I mean, by now everyone has realized that the effects of the pandemic and the lockdowns will last much longer than the fear of the virus itself. And we also have realized that a war doesn't need to take place in our own country in order to affect us in tangible ways. There are so many uncertainties and people are afraid. There is fear out there, but we have a message that can give hope and that can make all the difference in the life of a person. And our message, our message is Jesus who he is, what he has done for us, and what he still is able to do in our lives. And no matter what's going on in the world right now, my Bible tells me in Hebrews 13:8 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means he still is in charge. That means he still is in control. It means he still holds the universe together by his power, Colossians 1.17. He still sits on the throne far above any ruler, any power, any authority for our behalf, Ephesians 1 verses 20-23. He still provides for all our needs, Philippians 4.19. And he still takes care of us and is closer 
than the air you breathe, 1 Corinthians 1.30. And by the way, Jesus' sacrifice still saves. His blood still pays for our forgiveness. By his grace, we still can return to God. And in him, we still have eternal life. That's our message. And I believe this message needs to be taken to the streets because this message not only provides a solid ground to stand on and peace in troubled times and hope and all hope seems to be lost. Our message also holds the power to change lives forever and to bring freedom, forgiveness and salvation. So let's take this message to the streets because it is our turn. And today at the start of this series, I want to take a look at you um, at the book of Acts. And I want to talk a little bit about Acts 1 and then we will read the first few verses from Acts 2. Because in Acts 1 and 2, we find the account when the message of Jesus was taken to the streets for the very first time. And I believe when we look at what happened back then... It can help us to take it to the streets today. But before we read Acts 2, 1 to 11, let me give you a little bit of a context from Acts 1 and also from the Gospels. So Pentecost, we will talk about Pentecost today. And um, Pentecost usually always takes place 50 days after Easter. And the specific Pentecost that we read about in Acts 2 took, days, uh, took place 50 days after Jesus was crucified and died and came back to life. And after Jesus came back to life, he spent about 40 days with his apostles and the other believers. And he did some more miracles. He gave profound teaching. He promised that he would send them the Holy Spirit. And then he told them to be his witnesses. And he instructed them to go back to Jerusalem. And wait for the gift of the Spirit to arrive. And then he went back to heaven. And then there was a gap of 10 days. Well he stayed with them 40 days till Pentecost. It's 50 days. So a gap of 10 days. Okay. And, and in that 10 days, um, the disciples, they did what Jesus had said. They went to Jerusalem to wait for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. But while they were waiting, they were not passive. They elected another 12th apostle to replace Judas. But what they also did was they came together and they prayed. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes wonder when I read stories like this, what did they pray about? Did they cry out like we did? We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Or did they pray a prayer similar to the one that we find in Acts 4, where they cried out for God to show his power and to give them boldness to proclaim the gospel? Well, we don't know. But I believe their prayer was a prayer for patience. Or it was a cry to the Holy Spirit to come now. <laughs> because I believe that they couldn't wait to share their message with the world. I mean, they had seen how God had fulfilled his promises with their own eyes. They had been with Jesus for, for three years and they had seen him healing people and setting people free and walking on water and multiply food and raising the dead. And then they saw him dying. 
But they also saw him rising in victory to prove that he truly is the Messiah. And seeing the risen Jesus must have made all the difference in their life. I'm pretty sure they were super excited and they couldn't wait to go into the streets and share their message. There were no longer that frightened group of people that was hiding behind locked doors like after Jesus' crucifixion. No, they were excited. And they were ready to take their message to the people. And that's my prayer for us as well. I pray that God will raise our excitement. Raise our excitement about what he has done for us. And yes, we haven't seen Jesus with our own eyes. We were not there and we couldn't touch him. But that doesn't mean that Jesus cannot touch you. Jesus can touch you and he has touched you. And when he touches you, it should make all the difference in your life. And you have testimonies about how Jesus has touched you. Like when you got saved or when you experienced his presence in an intense time of worship. Or every time Jesus answers a prayer in your life. Every time you see a healing or a door open or you get the apartment or the job or the visa that you needed so desperately. Anytime a prayer is answered, you encounter the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. And it should make a difference in your life. And it should get you excited and ready to share what you have experienced with him, with the people around you. Amen. Amen. But our story also shows us that um, it, it takes more. It takes a little bit more, right? A little bit more than the testimony. And excitement. We also need the Holy Spirit. So let's go to the story of Pentecost and read what happened back then in Acts 2 verses 1 to 11. There the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we all hear these people speaking in our languages about the wonderful things that God has done. I mean, this story is not a new one, right? To most of you, the story is familiar. Especially since last fall, the band introduced the song Fire to us, right? Last, yeah, we, we know this song, we know this story, but this story never gets old. Never gets old and there's always something new to learn from the story. And first of all, it shows once again, Jesus keeps his promises, right? Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit and he did send the Holy Spirit. But secondly, it shows also what is possible when the Holy Spirit fills God's people. 
See, the Holy Spirit is the power of God inside of us. And when he comes and fills a person, everything changes. And his first arrival was crazy. And it was wild and it was loud with a roaring storm and fire. But for the disciples, the coming of the Holy Spirit was the starting signal they had been waiting for. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled them, nothing could stop them any longer from sharing their testimony. Nothing could stop them any longer to take it to the streets. And I, I believe when, when the Holy Spirit touches us deep inside and fills us with his fire, this will be our response as well. If we want to take it to the streets, in 2022, we need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we also need the Holy Spirit to work in supernatural ways. The first Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gave every person gathered the ability to speak in a different language, in a language that they didn't learn. And this enabled them to reach a, a much bigger and more diverse crowd than they could ever had imagined. And at the end of that day, after Peter had given his first public speech, 3,000 people got saved. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit combined with people who are excited and ready to take it to the streets. And guys, it is our turn. But Pentecost was only the beginning. It was only the beginning. These first group of Christians, they never stopped taking it to the streets. And those who joined them over the years also took it to the streets. And this is how people got saved and how churches got built and how the world changed. And this is also how throughout the generations, the message of Jesus got, got, got to us, right? To you and I. Because they took it to the streets. We could hear about Jesus and we could invite him to, be, to, to, to come into our life. And guys, we stand in that same legacy. We stand in the legacy of Pentecost. And we are next in line. It is our turn to take it to the streets. So let's check what we can learn from Acts 1 and 2 to take it to the streets. And one thing that we can learn is that we need unity and prayer. That's what I talked about before we read the Bible passage. The, the, the disciples, the apostles and the other believers, they came together and they stood united and they prayed. And a community that stands united and prays to God can do a lot because that's the ground where God can move in mighty ways. So, so let's make it a priority to get together on Sundays and to come here to the services and to raise our hands and to shout out to God so he can help us to do his work and take it to the streets. But guys, I also want to encourage you to go home and to pray in your own house. Because we don't necessarily need to be together in one room to stand united in prayer. We can stand united in prayer as each one of us goes to their own house and raises their voices up to God. And I want to encourage you, let's make that a priority for the next couple of weeks. Let's make it a priority to ask God and to pray to him to get us ready 
to get us ready and excited so we can go to the streets of Berlin. Another thing that we can see here um, in this story is that it is good to strengthen ourselves by sharing testimonies. See, I'm pretty sure that the disciples back then, they never stopped reminding each other about all the amazing things that Jesus has done. And this not only provided them with a message, it also was part of the momentum that they had to take in it to the streets again and again and again. And guys, we have testimonies to share. We have experienced God's presence and power in our own life. And sharing our, our, our testimony with our friends here in, in church will encourage us. And it will strengthen us. And it will also prepare us to share it with people outside the church. So, so let's reflect on how we have experienced God's power and presence. And let's start sharing these testimonies with one another. So we can be strengthened and ready to take it to the streets. And of course in this story there's, there's so much more that we can learn. But I think the most important thing is that we need the Holy Spirit. In order to take it to the streets, in order to take our turn, we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So the power comes first and then you can be a witness. And let me share another verse that stands in that same context. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You probably know this verse, right? But did you know that this verse stands in the context of sharing the gospel and telling others about Jesus? This letter was written to Timothy, like the title says. And it was written by Paul during a time where Timothy maybe was a little bit timid or even a bit fearful or frustrated about sharing and teaching about Jesus. And then Paul comes in. And Paul reminds Timothy that he doesn't need to do it in his own power. But that there is a spirit that is working inside of him, in and through him. And that he can rely on this spirit. And I want to do the same today. In order to take it to the streets, we can rely on the Holy Spirit. He is what we need to take it to the streets. So never forget that the Holy Spirit is here. He dwells inside of you. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you allow him to work in your life and to fill you anew with his fire, he will move anything out of the way that keeps you from taking it to the streets. May it be fear. May it be shyness. May it be a frustration or whatever else. The Holy Spirit will help you to overcome it. Because he wants to take it to the streets. Because he wants the lost to be found. He wants the sick to be healed. He wants to restore lives. And he wants to prove to the world that the God we worship is real and powerful. We need the Holy Spirit to take it to the streets. But we also need him to guide us. See, our message, the message about Jesus will always stay the same. Always. But our methods to spread our message, they need to change constantly. 
2,000 years ago, it was an amazing method to stand in the streets and to shout out the gospel message. It was super effective. People stopped and listened because shouting in the streets was a method to spread news and to debate new things. Try that in Berlin in 2022. You probably will, disappoint, will be disappointed. And I don't think that even Peter would have success in our days. I mean, no one seems to care what you have to say. Nobody stops because everyone is too busy or too engaged with their phone <laughs> or simply overwhelmed by all the different things that are offered to you. I mean, do you stop in the streets and listen or take a flyer? I don't, <laughs> especially when the person shouts at me. I don't. Still, still it's our turn. Still, we need to take it to the streets. And I am sure that the Holy Spirit will show us how. And there's probably not the one way that we need to find. It's probably rather a combination of many ways. But I am sure that one of the ways is relationships. See, we might not draw a big audience in the streets of Berlin that listen to our message, but each one of you has an audience. Each one of you has an audience with the people in your sphere of influence. And maybe one of the most important ways to take it to the streets of Berlin in 2022 is to not take it to the streets, but into the realm of your relationships. The relationships with your colleagues at work, the relationships with the guys you study with, your circles of friends, your neighbors, the friends of your friends, the teachers of your children, the people in your gym, your family, the people you know, the people in your sphere of influence. And I want to encourage you, build relationships with them. Take time to get to know them. Allow them to get to know you. Take time to listen to them. Offer help. Offer prayers. Share with them what God has done for you. What I do sometimes is I show them videos what we do here at church and then I invite them to come. Maybe you can do the same. And also, instead of sending them a picture of what you just have eaten, maybe send them a text about how God has answered a prayer. And guys, if each one of us is doing that, each one of us with our audience, we will reach a big audience and we will share the message with a big audience and I'm sure that there are people who will respond and who will get saved. There are ways to take it to the streets and since it's our turn I think it's best to stand united in prayer. It is good to strengthen ourselves with our testimonies and we also should allow the Holy Spirit to empower us and to show us the right way and I'm sure we will see results. We will see results. And at the end of this service, I would like us to stand in this place. I would like us all to stand up. And I would like you, each one of you, to ask the Holy Spirit, to invite him to do his work 
inside of you to light the fire again, to guide us, to give us the right words for the right people at the right time. No matter if our audience is many or only one, the Holy Spirit can guide us and we need Him. So let's invite Him to come into our lives and to get us ready to take it to the streets. And you can pray, you, you start praying right now. Pray for yourself that the Holy Spirit will touch you and fill you anew today. Yes, Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that you hear us. You are the one who sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago, God, and we cry out to you today, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit again, that you fill us again with your fire, and that you get us ready to be your witnesses in this world, to be your witnesses in Berlin. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can go. We will overcome shyness. We will overcome timidity. We will overcome fear. And God, I pray that you show us what our audience is and that you give us the right words at the right time for the people that we meet, for the people in our sphere of influence. And God, I pray that you light the fire again, that you fill us again with your fire, that you rekindle the flames so we can get excited about what you have done in our lives, about the message that we have to share, about how you touched us, about how you have changed our lives. God, give us the love that you have for the people. Give us your heart so we can go and find those who are lost. Jesus, we have the best message to share. Make us aware of this, that our message is a message of hope, a message of peace, a message of stability, the message that can save. Jesus, help us to stand together, united as a church, and individually go to the streets of Berlin and take our turn to share your message. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will guide us, that you will fill us, that you will empower us, and that you will do anything we need. You will get us ready to take it to the streets. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.